Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, AZM 8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You're with the double L team, Lyle and Liam. Liam, welcome to the show. Well, of course, you're here every morning. Good to be part of Breakfast Show this morning, and what are you thankful for this morning? This morning, I'm thankful that it is Friday, and which means it is Formal Friday, which I Oops. remembered, Oops. Uh, but someone else might have forgotten. Oops. <laughs> doesn't seem to have the same impact now that restrictions are easing somewhat. Oh, I've decided to embrace it. Um, you know, it's, it's something that... I get to dress up. I don't often get to dress up. And I just, churches, while uh, we, we found out last night or, or recently that uh, restrictions on churches will be beginning to lift amongst right. other things. However, you know, you're still not going to be able to have your big congregations. They're not, they're, yeah. So, um, what's bizarre to me at the moment, and I'm sure it will change, is that you've got, you're allowed to have 50 people in a pub getting drunk and only 10 people in church staying sober. And that's somehow supposed to be safer. The pub is supposed to be safer. Come on. Seriously, wake up, guys. What are you thankful for this morning? I am thankful that my son came to visit from Queensland. Oh, good on him. Got across the border. And, the got, problem- a pass, and I got a pass to get back to Queensland. Yeah, the so. problem isn't coming over here. The problem's going, going back. Up there, that's yes. right. Um, so he's got his pass. So a sign of good things to come. Indeed, that's it. Uh, many things are happening over the, uh, right now. And we're just many good things are coming. Which right. we can all be very thankful for. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. What is happening in the world of positively different news? You know, I was thinking to myself last night. What uh, it's been, it's been a while since I've been in school. So what what is education going to look like in twenty or thirty years? I remember when I had my exams, I had some ridiculous questions about you know history, and there was this one question that how can how can a question about history be ridiculous? Well, it's it's like history is like the most amazing thing ever. No, I mean like the the future question that I saw was ridiculous about what's happening right now. So here we go. Okay. This is possible questions in history essays uh, in the future. Mm-hmm. Explain the use and role of memes as a coping mechanism during the coronavirus pandemic of twenty twenty. Right. <laughs> Because you think that's yeah. like it's, it's, it's valid. It's a valid. It's thing. a valid thing. It's a valid thing, but is it valuable to the study of history? Maybe, Maybe not is. right now. Not right now. But just think inane, twenty, thirty years time. Well, what's something that uh, it is? It is a. Um, it is important form of communication. It is an important, important form of you know even satirical communication um, and, and satirical relief. Yeah. Who knows? Hmm. Like one, maybe. So what was the? So what was the? What was the? Something? Do you remember any of the really stupid ones that you were asked when you were in school? Uh, no. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, I mean specifically, like in drama class. Drama class is my favourite, so I know lots about drama. Yep. Um, but there was how is the use of a particular form of of theatre? How is that used to to promote? Or how is that used to uh, convey a particular message? Oh, okay. Um. But yeah, but that's a different story for a different day. But yeah, sure. I just that was just a thought that came across my mind. Um, in other news, uh, a couple of days ago, I did a story about uh, a church in Germany that opened up their doors to the Muslim community to help them uh, during the, the Ramadan and get all uh, make sure that all the all the Muslims were able to to worship and uh, do their Ramadan prayers. Ramadan has recently ended. 
and when Ramadan ends, it's a it's a big deal, you know. Uh, so still in Germany, what uh, the Ramadan Church chose to do, uh, not Ramadan, what the Muslim Church uh, chose to do is they chose to ask IKEA if they could use their car park as a place of worship. Oh yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, because yep. IKEA is not using it. No, not at all. And they were a little bit skeptical when they first thought of this idea and they approached expecting oh no that's we'd, we'd rather not but when they when they asked the the, the boss of ikea of the, this particular ikea he was all for it good good on him so 800 muslims were able to come and wrap up ramadan together uh of course there were rules that had to be implied uh, that had to be applied rather um they had to stay in their cars stay in their cars them. children weren't allowed to come right. uh they had to re- re- uh, maintain social distancing uh, but yeah, they all had the opportunity to come. So I guess they were not. They were not confident that children would remain controlled by their parents. Yeah, probably. I, d- I don't know. I'd imagine that this is a, a rule put in by the, the Muslim Church to. to oh, ha- okay. I think to, to help community to help the Muslim community to help make it more comfortable for the for the IKEA boss to yep. uh, permit it. Um, but yeah, and Why you know, as as rules are starting to to be relieved here in Australia. I think this is something that, you know, we can all get around. There's churches, not all churches are open on, like, for example, as Adventists, we worship on Saturdays. We don't use the church on Sundays. So could we possibly open up our church to some churches, some Sunday worshipping churches, the to allow them to worship on Sunday? And vice versa, could Sunday worshipping churches open up their doors to Adventists or other Sabbath-keeping churches to go and, or Saturday-worshipping churches, to go and and worship on Saturday. It's just just an idea that I think think we can all get around. I think that that our places of worship are underutilised and we should utilise them as much as we can and so that, you know, if the... uh, Islamic community wants to pray there on Fridays and we want to worship there on Saturdays and a Sunday church wants to worship there on Sundays and somebody else wants to worship there on Mondays, then let's open it up and let's go for it. That's it. Uh, but yeah, so... So here's an interesting question though. Yes. What about if the Church of Satan came along and said, can we hire your church? That you, You're right. That is an interesting <laughs> question. <laughs> it is, isn't it? It is, isn't it? That is you know, an interesting question. Those, because we believe in religious liberty. And I, and I absolutely support the Church of Satan. Um, and I don't know whether the congregation still exists or not, but there was one in Newtown where I was working there for a while. Um, never did go along, but did meet some people who were members of that congregation. And... Uh, you support them having their ability... The, having the right having, yes. to be able to have a church and to worship absolutely support their right to do so totally totally disagree with everything that they stand for pretty much um but the fact that would you let them worship in your church like it, it, it thank, does make it, it does make you stop and think you know thankfully you stop and think if you're thank, really going to believe in in in, in religious liberty yes. and if you're really going to but then again um Worship of Lucifer, you want to bring that into your building? Many, many different questions to be raised. Yeah, Thankfully, I, I'm not a pastor, so I don't have to make that I, decision. And, and I think very few pastors have ever been faced with that, and I'm thankful that I'm sort, certainly um, have never been faced with it. I think there would be very few congregations that would go for something like that. And to be honest, I don't know whether I would either. I would really struggle with that. Mm. I would definitely struggle with that. It's a tough cookie to crack. Yeah, um, if, you've got a, if you've got some thoughts on that, let yeah. us know what your, what your thoughts are. But uh, yes. Does, um, does religious liberty extend that far? 
It's a very, very good question. We will see how it all unfolds. But yes, uh, restrictions are being lifted. 50 members are allowed to congregate in a church. Uh, social distancing must be maintained and there's to be no singing, no work, no, no praise and worship. Well, that uh, kind of makes sense. Simply because, you know, when you, when you're doing that, everyone's standing up and they're, they're, and they're pre- breathing over breathing, the front, front yeah, of them. Yeah, 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 I exactly. get that. I get that. That's um, so yeah, we're, we're getting there. We're on the way out. Sooner or later, we'll be back at church. Um, in other news, there is a, uh, <laughs> there's an English chef. That uh, he he's he's got a business and he wants he still wants to be able he still wants people to be able to come and eat together, so he has created a six point five foot or two meter long sandwich or, or sub, so that uh, patrons can come in and eat together. It's sort of like the cute thing where where couples come in and they oh can I have some of your food can I have some of your food, and uh, they can now still eat off the same plate. If if they do so desire. Yeah, I'm just trying to wrap my head around that one, but anyway. You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. For such a time, which is, of course, by Kylie Fletcher, who is joining us today. Good morning, Kylie. Oh, yeah, but before oh, we do hang on. That, another clue for us. Sorry. <laughs> we should start the next quiz. We, uh, nah, anyway, we'll, we'll come back we'll, to that we'll later. We'll come back to that. We'll morning, back. Carly. How are you this morning? Good morning. I'm well, thank you. Now, we had you on recently to talk about one of your albums that was recently released, but Carly Fletcher being Carly Fletcher wasn't uh, satisfied with releasing one. You released two albums. That's um, um, yeah, we, that's impressive. Yeah. Oh, praise God. Um, we had a little baby on the way, so we were. I was trying to just get a few things done before he came. <laughs> Because you don't have much, you don't have as much time afterwards. And how much, uh, how much time are you finding for songwriting at the moment? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm just focusing on focusing on him a bit more because he's he's a really important project. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well. How old How old is he, Carly? Um, so just over three months now. Nice. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Now, Carly, tell us about uh, tell us about this other album that you have released. Because last time we were talking about uh, a different one. Tell us about this one. Okay, so this one is one of my personal albums. It's called No More Goodbyes, and it's just a collection of songs. Some some have been written a while ago. Some are new, newer songs, and hopefully, all that will just lead people's minds to think on spiritual things and to grow closer to God in the process. How many how many albums have you released now, Carly? Um, this is my third personal album release. And you've with the New Song Collective, what is there, one or two there? Yeah, we've got two two of the New Song Collective albums as well. So that's five. Amongst other ones, like yeah, for such a time. I, I'm just trying to think five in how many years? Uh, I think we started around. My first one was around 2016. Well, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm just impressed. That's one a year. That's um, that's pretty impressive. Very, very good to hear. Now we just listened to a song called "It's Time to Get Ready" that featured Malvinas mm. Penland. What's it like yes. to working in in all these collective albums? What's it like to work with these artists on your own album? Oh, it's great fun. Um, if I had my way, I think maybe if I do another album, I'll just get all other artists to sing my songs. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, it's really fun. Um, I like because um, I can kind of hear when a song would sound good with a certain voice. So 
having Malvinas on there was really awesome because she's just got that beautiful, rich, deep voice and a lot of expressions. So I really like tapping into other people's talents and gifts and and giving them an opportunity to to use those gifts for God as well. Indeed, she's certainly a very talented uh, artist. Are there any other artists that feature on your album, uh, on this particular album? Um, so there's also an 11-year-old girl called Cornelia Bresky, and she she's just a very gifted young lady who um, who just loves singing and music and devotes most of her time to actually just doing music stuff. And she's on the song the, of the title track, No More Goodbyes. Um, yeah, so I'm really just encouraging her to also do more music and singing. Um, so I, I felt very blessed to have her on the album, actually. Praise God. Uh, so <laughs> 11 years old is quite young. How old were you when you sort of uh, started <laughs> started uh, working or started in music? Um, I probably was... Yeah, probably a teenager. Um, I grew up in a very musical family and my sister started songwriting, so I also wanted to follow her in, in that area. I started when I was a teenager. Yeah, nice. So you've obviously had some very powerful experience through your ministry in, in music. Are there any Are there any moments in your music ministry that have really stood out? Um... Well, I think for my first album, Follow the Lamb, um, the, the track Follow the Lamb from that album, I've just been amazed um, where God has taken that because, like, when we when we did that album, I just prayed to God and I said, God, this is your music. Take it where you want to take it. And, yeah, he's really taken that, um, through, especially through my friend Ruth Daly. She's this awesome lady that just organizes singing groups and things and it's gone all the way to Mongolia and they've used it in Korea and um, another singing group in Sydney, Redeemed, used the song and yeah, praise God, it's just been able to be used and spread um, widely and I've just been amazed and said, wow God, that's so cool what you do. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing Carly. I find that you know in our, in our new world, which has become really so small, you know, in a digital world and so forth. It's just it's just astounding some of the random places in the world where your work ends up. Um, you create music and it's being um, played and listened to in Mongolia. Um, yeah. We're doing the end program right now, which is um, hitting big runs in Bangladesh. <laughs> it's just like wow, wow. that's yeah. amazing! What a world in which we live. <laughs> I, I I appreciate what you said about in, including a lot of other artists into your next album. I think that your mm. fans would be very disappointed if there wasn't a lot of Carly in that one as well. But <laughs> um, you mentioned earlier that your sister uh, sort of started songwriting in your family. Mm. Yes. Um, have you recorded any of your sister's songs or has she recorded her own music as well? Yeah, so um, we've used one of her songs and she did one in the kids' album, the Rainbow Rainbow of Love song. Um, so she wrote that one. It's a really cool little kids' one. And she also wrote another one that I used in my Eternity Together album called How Amazing. Um yeah, and I really, I do look up to her as a songwriter. She's, 
she's just one of those really gifted people with words and music. <laughs> mm. Now, you mentioned that you come from a musical family and um, your, your dad in particular is well known for his music. Uh, has he written any songs that, you've, uh, that either you've recorded or, or he's recorded? Yeah, so he also did one on the kids' album, he and my mum got together and she wrote the words and he did the music and it's called uh, Live for Jesus. That's amazing. <laughs> yes, it yeah. must be very special to um, to have a family where you all kind of uh, share the same DNA and um, <laughs> in your case, the DNA of music. Um, one of the questions, you mentioned that you started as a teenager and mm. you've got an 11-year-old um, girl that is featured on your current album. Yeah. What's it like working with children and how do children develop in their talents? You know, I can imagine that for I'm, – I'm just sort of thinking, you know, when I was 11 um, and then I go mm-hmm. through, through those teenage years and your voice goes all over the place and goes wonky and then sort of settles <laughs> back down again. Um, how do you go working with children and, and how was it for you as a teenager um, working up – was there a po- point where you sort of lost your talent and it came back again or is it just always there? <laughs> I think when you're when you're younger, you just um, I think you're more open to possibilities in a way, um, and you don't have that same. Especially at eleven, you don't have that same sort of self consciousness that comes maybe when you become more of a teenager. Um, yeah, so I think working with kids is quite fun because they're very they're very willing to give it a go and try it again and just give their best shot. Um, and sometimes, yeah, I, I think as I became more of a teenager, more self-conscious, I probably, you know, didn't want to share as much or be up the front as much singing. <laughs> and God really convicted me of that when I was more in my 20s. And and he said to me, basically, Kylie, I've given you these songs. What are you doing with them? <laughs> he's giving you these songs. He's giving you this yeah. talent. And uh, God gives us gives us talents and for a reason. Um, yes, and, and it's yes. one that I admire tremendously because, unfortunately, um, singing and music is not one of the talents that God gave me at all. <laughs> no, Lyle is uh, it's certainly, so, certainly something that he, uh, he struggles with I'll, I'll in, leave, in the I'll music leave, department. I'll leave that all up to, uh, to you and Liam. Um, <laughs> now, Carly, you are um, obviously um, a, a mother. You've got a three-month-old there at the moment. And uh, mm. another child. How old? How old's your um, your other child? Yeah, so our daughter is two, about two years old as well, and nice keep, keeps us keeps us busy. <laughs> and you've put out some children's albums, um, mm. or albums for children's music. Do you find inspiration for songwriting for yourself coming from your children and your interaction with your children? Yeah. Um, one of one of the songs on my new album, No More Goodbyes, called Made. That's one I actually wrote when my first child, Zayana, when she was a baby, because um, I was just so just so in awe of what God did in creating and making a little person and knitting that person together, and just incredible. And yeah, so I'm finding more inspiration is coming out of being a mom and seeing the little ones grow up. <laughs> And uh, these kids, they, they have uh, musical talent that has been recognisable yet? 
<laughs> well, actually, yes, yeah, Ziana is very musically inclined. She she will sing along to the songs, and she loves the song that you just played. It's time to get ready. She sings, you know, ready. She <laughs> <laughs> has her hands up in the air, and yeah, I can see I can see God is um, growing some musical stuff in her. Do you, <laughs> think, really cool. do you think maybe in the future, in some of your future albums, you, you may have uh, some younger, vo- some even younger voices uh, contributing to, to the vocals? That's a cool idea. Um, you never yeah, know. Yeah, I was definitely open to that. And, and, and what- she's already, yeah, she, she says a little, um, we got her saying one word in one of the songs on the new album where she <laughs> says, Daddy! <laughs> Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> the um, and 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 the little guy. What what's his lungs like? They uh, good, healthy lungs there. <laughs> uh, He's I, pretty laid, pretty laid back. So um, so he, yeah, he actually hasn't exercised them too much. But maybe he'll be more of just a like a gentle oohs and ahs in the background or something. <laughs> <laughs> he might be he might be more of the the instrumentation rather than the vocals. We'll see uh, how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's um, it's always good to have you on the show, uh, Carly. We're going to um, continue on right now, and we're actually the next song that we have lined up to play. Um, interestingly enough, is the song that you were just talking about, "No More Goodbyes," the title track from from the album, yeah. which is the one that you just mm. mentioned that you wrote. Um, yeah, when you, when your daughter was was young. So, yeah, fantastic, Carly. Thank you so much for uh, joining us here. And how do we get hold of your album? Um, you can find it on Bandcamp if you just type in Carly Fletcher, or you can go to my website, which is carlyfletchermusic.weebly.com. Okay, so you can find it on Bandcamp under Carly Fletcher, or just go yeah, to Carly or iTunes. Okay, or iTunes. Um, yeah, it's all on iTunes too. <laughs> there you go. So we encourage you, if you're enjoying Carly Fletcher's music, and we know that you are here on Faith FM, then uh, head across there and grab uh, grab the whole the whole Carly Fletcher collection. This is No More <laughs> Goodbyes.
When you come to take us home Please shape and mold my selfish heart Until it is your own Give me your heart for others So this world can clearly see That you can give us life eternally We're going to a place Where there's no Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Welcome back. We have come time for Question of the Day. We have questions come in from YouTube and the question is this. Sabbath is Saturday. How can we have so many religions, so many forms of Christianity? How come most of these, you know, TV uh, pastors and so forth, there's some that are rich, there are some that are pedophiles, there are some that are masons, you know, and the list goes on and on and on. So there's a number of different questions there. The first is, how do you have so many people who miss the fact that uh, the Sabbath is Saturday? The second question is, how come there is so much corruption within Christianity where you have, you know, Christian leaders who are obscenely rich, obscenely wealthy, um, who do not in any way, shape or form reflect the character or life of Jesus Christ. Um, and of course, you know, those that are masons and pedophiles and, and goodness knows what else. You know, we've had the Royal Commission, we've had grand juries in the United States. You know, we've had all of these kinds of events taking place and somebody wants to know, you know, why, why is this the case? Okay, so first of all, let's talk about the corruption of Christianity and let's go to Revelation chapter 18. Revelation chapter 18, and let's read the description of Christianity that we have in Revelation chapter 18. Let's read the description of the church that God's people belong to at the end of time. So Revelation chapter 18 and verse 1, the Bible says, After these things I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power. The earth was lightened with his glory. He cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Right there, that is God's description of Christianity at the end of time. And so when we look at Christianity and we find that there are pastors that are obscenely rich, we find pedophiles and masons and, you know, goodness knows whatever else within Christianity, the Bible says that at the end of time, Christian, this is what we should expect. In fact, 
if we were not seeing this within Christianity right now, we would say, well, Jesus is not coming back soon because the prophecies that that describe the condition of the church just before Jesus comes back have not yet been fulfilled. It's that simple. And so there is no there is no defense for those kinds of things amongst Christianity. Furthermore, some will say, well, yeah, but that's not Christianity where you find real Christians. I disagree. This is speaking about Christianity where you will find real Christians because it goes on to say in verse 4, I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people. Come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins and that you receive not of her plagues. That's a rather strong statement right there. The Bible says that Christians at the end of time, genuine true Christians, are a part of an organization globally that has become what is to God as Babylon. It is an organization globally. It is an organization that God detests and that God sees as his enemy, but he does not see the Christians, the people, as being his enemy. He sees the system as being his energy enemy. Is there a problem with religion, organized religion in our world today? Absolutely there is, and that's what we should expect to see. As far as why is it that most people worship on Sunday and is the majority right? You do not judge truth based on a consensus. You judge truth based on the word of God. What will you make your standard of truth, the majority or the Bible?